Do you struggle with a lack of focus or energy? The team at Physician Designed knows the feeling and they can help. Brain Support Micro PQQ and Microactive CoQ10. Both use a proprietary blend of PQQ and CoQ10 to maximize the boost you need without any negative side effects. Studies show that Brain Support Micro PQQ and Microactive CoQ10 lower fatigue, anxiety, and depression while increasing mental acuity and awareness. Feel the difference for yourself today. You can save 30% on your next order at physiciandesigned.com. Just use the code GENIUS during checkout. Again, that's GENIUS to get 30% off at physiciandesigned.com. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Klaus Steger, He's a professor of molecular andrology. The name of the university is a little bit difficult for me to say, so I'll ask him to complete the introduction because he's overseas. But we're going to talk about um, the PCR test that was used to detect uh, SARS-CoV-2 and the flaws that are in that test, scientific flaws. So, Klaus, uh, welcome to the conference. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks for the invitation. Well, tell me a little bit more about your background. what does it mean, a uh, molecular andrology, and what school? And just just give listeners a bit of your background, please. Yeah, I'm as I said, I'm a molecular biologist, and um, I do my teaching in in anatomy and in histology, embryology, and my research is uh, molecular andrology. Andrology is, uh, yeah, the counterpart of the gynecologist, <laughs> I can say. Yeah, and uh, the problem is that. Um, when you look at the and subfertile for many years uh, only only the the female part uh, have been um, studied and my focus is on the male part and for a long time there was routine semen analysis looking at the at the concentration of the sperm at the motility and on on the morphology and I tried to get some yeah, independent objective molecular marker to evaluate the, the sperm quality. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, maybe it's obvious, but how did you come across the, uh, the PCR test that was used uh, for SARS-CoV-2? You know, and, and why did you start studying it? Yeah, I perform PCR is a regular method in most molecular biology laboratories worldwide. And I do it for more than 25 years because I'm interested in gene expression. And that means I'm interested in RNA. And of course, I only have a very small amounts of material. And to amplify this material, um, I use the PCR. And like the SARS-CoV-2 test, it's an RT-PCR. Because the, the virus is an, an RNA virus. And uh, during, yeah, some years ago, I, I established a test by myself uh, to get more information about sperm quality. And 
I established uh, in, in such an in-house test, and it was also RT-PCR because there are two molecules specific for for and they in fertile men there is a specific proportion, and uh, we have to measure it, and uh, we used uh, RT. PCR for, for this test. And that's why I have very much experience in, in this test. And okay. of course, I'm not a virologist, but that's a main problem currently, I think, because many people think uh, uh, PCI is, is, is a specific test used in virology, and that is not the case. Yeah, The inventor of PCR, Kerimalis, was a biochemist. And uh, PCR became interesting for the virologist when it changed from qualitative to qualitative. In the beginning, Kerimalis established a, a PCR. In the beginning, it was qualitative. And only some years later, it uh, changed and you, it became uh, quantitative. And uh, then it became well, interesting for the microbiologist and for the virologist. Yeah. yeah, I have some questions about it. So from what I understand, whenever someone would take a test, no one knew what the cycle threshold number was, you know, the number of doublings or amplifications. No one knew how many viral particles needed to show up in order for the test to be quote unquote positive. No one knew, you know, how many fragments of anything could be, could, could you start the test with and still get amplification of either useful material or garbage. It just seemed like nothing was known about it. But everyone said, oh, the test is valid. Yeah, that's a very good question. And it's really a great problem because yeah, nobody knows, of course, what is PCR. And, and most people don't know even what is, what is DNA. Yeah, And even only a few medical doctors. Uh, and this, uh, the reason is because they, they never performed uh, PCR by themselves. It's not negatively meant. It's, it's a simple factor. Yeah? They should care about their patients. And we, as scientists, we should care about uh, the science. Yeah? <laughs> and uh, this threshold cycle, CT value, or some, some call it CQ value for quantitative cycle. Yeah. Um, that's really the, one of the most important uh, items of this uh, PCR. And it's the point where the specific signals increases above the background, the unspecific background. Um, I compare it. I'm a little bit older, yeah, and I knew the television in the beginning, yeah, and when you have a very old television, then when you, when you switch it on, you see nothing, yeah, and it's it in front of this uh, television and you have only a flittering on, on the screen. And they remember that you have to sit for about uh, two or three minutes. Then slowly you saw the persons acting. Yeah, this is uh, the, 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 yeah, you can compare this is the, the threshold cycle. Yeah, when, when the specific signal increases above the unspecific background. And this is normally this uh, PCR machine, the, the thermocycle, is it called? Uh, it um, calculates this by itself according to the program. And the problem is that this have never been told in the beginning. And here in, in Germany, where I'm sitting, yeah, or in, in whole Europe, you have uh, this so-called test or Charité protocol. Professor Drosten of Virology working in the Charité University in Berlin. And he, with 
yeah, other colleagues uh, developed this first test. And when I read this uh, publication, I was really very, very, very astonished because he said in the abstract that he developed a very robust test. And in this uh, publication, you can't read anything about the cutoff value, about the CT. Yeah, he performed absolute PCR, but he didn't mention any cutoff. And that means he didn't tell the community uh, what is not infectious, what is infectious. And that is okay. absolute nonsense in my mind. Yeah, because well, uh, well, Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. I'm not sure I understand yep. what you mean. So the the material that gets amplified, how does anyone know that it will be viral material? Like how long is the length of base pairs that is used, you know, that, that is amplified? And does that base pair amount repeat in the viral sequence? So you get a false amplification? You know, how is that established, let's say? Yeah, the problem is this PCR was, yeah, sold as the, the gold standard, but this is not true. Yeah, the gold standard is cell culture. The only interesting question in this so-called pandemic is whether an individual tested can infect other people or not. That is the only interesting question. And for this, um, you need the so-called viral load. Yeah, There is a, a specific amount of virus when you above this uh, level, you will probably infectious. When you are below, you will probably not infectious. And this can only be determined in cell culture due to the reproducibility of this uh, virus. And what was even the limits? Like so I did a I did a calculation in Excel, you know, like probably a year ago, and I took one viral particle and I put it through I think thirty doublings. And it was like 530 million particles. But then when you mm -hmm. put it up to 40 doublings, it was 17.9 trillion particles. Yeah. And yeah. then I realized, yeah. well, where's the threshold? So if you change the cycle threshold, even with one particle, which is nothing ridiculous, yeah. probably way below the standard of error, you can get trillions. So what, what was the standard? Does anyone even know? Or is it just made yeah, up? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was not told in this publication, but uh, now it's yeah, very well known. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is I said the, the PCR, there is an advantage and a disadvantage. The advantage is that it's uh, highly sensitive. Yeah. Theoretically, you can detect uh, one copy, as you, as you said. Yeah. Um, but uh, the disadvantage is it is highly sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> that means the problem is any contamination you will have in the probe 
will also increase exponentially. That's the problem. And and when you this this thermocycle, the machine for the PCR, this thermocycle, this machine cannot distinguish between specific and unspecific DNA sequence. It measures the fluorescence, and it cannot distinguish. And that the problem is that first of all you have to do the gold standard because you can't say PCR is the gold standard and you develop PCR with a PCR. That's that's not possible scientifically. Yeah, you have first calculate the the infectious viral load, and this is only possible by cell culture because it's defined on the reproducibility of the virus. And it's not possible with PCR because when you prepare the sample for PCR, you have to break down every biological material. Whenever you perform molecular biology, you have to destroy every living organism or cell also. And therefore, it's impossible uh, to to identify a reproducible virus by PCR. You have to do it by cell culture. And it was not done in this first publication, but uh, meanwhile, a lot of virologists did it. And um, they said that you need about 10 to the power of six copies of this RNA, of this virus, uh, that it is probably infectious. And then in the next step, you can establish the, the PCR. You have to do a dilution series. You have to, to inactivate the virus and you have to do a dilution series below and above this uh, 10 to the power of six. RNA copies, and then you will get a diagram with a graph, and you can then uh, correlate this uh, infectious viral load with the CT value. And you have to do it in every laboratory because the CT value differs between a laboratory. Yeah, you do about. Um, do you struggle with a lack of focus or energy? The team at Physician Designed knows the feeling, and they can help. Brain support micro PQQ and microactive CoQ10. Both use a proprietary blend of PQQ and CoQ10 to maximize the boost you need without any negative side effects. Studies show that brain support micro PQQ and microactive CoQ10 lower fatigue, anxiety, and depression, while increasing mental acuity and awareness. Feel the difference for yourself today. You can save 30% on your next order at physiciandesigned.com. Just use the code GENIUS during checkout. Again, that's GENIUS to get 30% off at physiciandesigned.com. Two, two, so the, CT, four, the, the CT means the cycle threshold, the number of yeah, double cycles that you yeah, take the material the, through, right? It's the cycle threshold, yeah. And uh, each laboratory have to perform this standard curve because... Uh, different laboratories, they use uh, different uh, PCR machines, they use different chemicals, uh, there are uh, different uh, people performing this PCR, and therefore you have to do this uh, this standard curve and establish for your lab which threshold is uh, corresponds with this infectious viral load. That means... After you have done that, you can correlate this and then you can perform this uh, PCR and say, okay, I have now a threshold. This threshold is 
below this infectious threshold or above. And uh, I mean, while there are a lot of publications and it's generally accepted that it's between 25 and, and 30. Okay. So between 25 and 30. How is cell culture done properly? So you mentioned it a few times, like what's involved in cell culture and what happens there? Can you describe the process if it's done properly? Yeah. Okay. I, I won't go in too much detail because I'm not a virologist. I use the cultures with bacteria, of course, but you have uh, several different strains. You can, you have, you have to test. As I said, uh, you have also make a, a dilution series of this uh, intact viruses. You need special laboratories, of course, uh, special safety levels. That's a problem. I, I didn't do it for my for myself, of course. Uh, and then you have to look on, on at which concentration, which amount uh, does uh, does the virus replicate and not and. This point is then the so-called infectious viral load. And of course, for the, you need the special laboratories performing um, with the special safety levels. They have uh, to test this and afterwards they have to grow the virus. They have to inactivate them by different methods. And then they can out the specific concentration of this uh, virus to the PCR laboratories because they don't have the safety level, this normal molecular biology labs like my lab, yeah. And um, they can only work with the inactivated virus, of course, but they can then make this dilution series and um, establish the standard curve and uh, yeah, establish the, the correct CT value for, for the lab. That's Was the any procedure. data kept? Was any data kept on the quadrillions of tests done? If we look back, will any cycle thresholds be logged or is all that data just thrown in the garbage and not kept on people that tested positive in the past? Yeah, okay. That's that's a very good question. Yeah. The problem, as I said, in this first publication for this uh, so-called charity protocol, and it uh, was the mostly used here in, in Europe, Yeah, they didn't mention a threshold cycle in their publication. What is... Yeah, I, I have no words. I don't know. <laughs> but if, and, if uh, and, let's say there's a, you know, a big lab here in the United States that did, you know, 5 million tests over the past two years, if I was able to get those tests, would I see any data associated with them? Or would they just be, no one was, was anyone required to keep records? Again, the yeah, chemicals that, used, the cycle threads, yeah, all that. Yeah, two two points to this. Um, and, uh, as I said in the beginning, they said only uh, test positive or test negative. And the problem in the beginning was they said that they have to perform forty five cycles, and this is absolute nonsense. Yeah, because uh, you have a critical threshold is thirty three and uh, thirty thirty five. And it's known that you should be careful when you have a threshold above the 35, uh, because you have an increased risk of, um, of, uh, yeah, false positives. Uh, that means you get more and more contaminants. And normally it was before Corona, it was uh, internationally recognized that you stop uh, with, uh, with 40 and 45 is, uh, yeah, abs absolute unscientific in, in, in my opinion. Um, as you said, 
um, this 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 exponential growth, you will get really enormous amounts. And uh, probably you know this uh, this example with this rice corn on a chessboard. You know it. Yeah, after 30 doublings, it adds up to more rice than has ever been grown in the history of the world. Yeah, the old story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have, I calculated, you have, when you, when you start with one rice corn or with one virus, yeah, after 35 cycles, you have 7 billions, 17. After 40 cycles, you have 550 billions. And after 45 cycles, you have about uh, 17.5 trillions. Yeah, that's the problem. When you have five cycles more, most people think, uh, oh, you multiply it uh, by five, but it's not true. Yeah, you double it five times. Yeah, and and that is the problem because uh, the PCR is uh, grows exponentially, but the human brain thinks only linear, and we can't imagine this. Yeah, and uh, what I didn't understand. Yeah, PCR is known since the the 1990s. Yeah, and everyone knows about the method. And uh, when you look at the WHO, they published this uh, protocol first time. Let me see on on the thirteenth of January on on their homepage before it was uh, reviewed and published in Euros of Violence. Yeah, and they uh, didn't tell people anything about the threshold. And one year later, one year later, on, in January 2021, they made an update and they said, okay, when you perform PCR, there is something like a, like a threshold. And, uh, yeah, you should, you should look at the threshold, but it didn't tell the people uh, what is really the critical threshold. They only said, okay, you should look at the threshold. Yeah. Uh, but, um, they don't see that uh, stopped at 25 or 30 cycles. Yeah? That was yes. completely open. And it was the, the, the general problem. We didn't have an SOP, a standard operating procedure. Yeah, And that is really the problem because every lab in the world could change this protocol. And it is really a problem in the future because, of course, you have uh, some some labs which will document all this. But they use different protocols and you will not be able to compare this. And I think it's, it will be quite good in, in some university institutes, some virological institutes in, in university, but they have only a very low capacity. The most of the tests they have performed in, I call it business labs. They have a businessman buying a room and then some thermocycles, then employing a um, a molecular biologist as, as head of the lab, and then you have uh, a lot of stuff. And I uh, know it firsthand. I know several of these labs, and uh, most of the employees there in these so-called business labs, students or housewives, yeah, which prepared all these ingredients and even didn't know how many cycles are run. This has been programmed by the by the lab leader, and they only yeah, prepare uh, all the ingredients and, and put it in the, in the, in the thermocycle and press the switch on button. And, uh, so what, what do you think is going to happen? Will anyone be able to even investigate this? Or do you think it'll just be swept under the rug? Because false test results have destroyed a lot of people's lives. 
Yes. But no one seems yes. to be addressing this. Yeah, that, you're absolutely right. I, as I said, maybe some some uh, university institutes uh, may have a good documentation, and uh, but uh, it's uh, the my minority of the tests you have. There are millions of, of of tests worldwide, and I'm nearly convinced that you have no yeah. no possibility to. Uh, to look at all these uh, results in the future. Yeah. Well, I guess worse yet are are people. I guess I would guess a lot of labs and a lot of people probably still think that the RT PCR test is valid, and they might want to use it for more conditions. Now, do you see yeah. that happening? Because I see now all of a sudden they want to use mRNA, you know, crab zines for everything. Yeah, so I just wonder yeah. if they're going to try to use the PCR test in more applications now where it's even less suited. Yeah, I think that you may be right. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, similar ideas. And I I, I think you should, uh, or we should uh, look to the future, not to, not backwards uh, in the past. And when you're, when you're, don't have all this data for for this uh, pandemic. Uh, I think uh, okay, look uh, look to the future. And this PCR test, as I said, I, I do PCR for more than twenty five years. I'm I'm convinced that PCR is a very good methodology. Huh? But I'm also convinced that PCR test is highly unsuitable for mass testing. Yeah. I think it's it's uh, will be okay when you have video with uh, with uh, symptoms and you want to know oh is it uh, this virus or another one uh, maybe that you can isolate him or her in in the hospital I think it would be uh, quite okay then it's very reliable but it's highly unreliable when you do mass testing yeah and there are some some problems the first is what was really yeah absolute nonsense is to test every people also the these asymptomatic ones yeah because it's known that the the asymptomatic uh, uh, persons they are not infectious yeah there are several uh, maybe you should uh, maybe you should do a worldwide call for all the data on pcr testing to be to be unearthed to be brought to the front for analysis. Yeah, I, I think that we 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 uh, should take care that uh, this uh, don't repeat in the future. As as you, as you said, there you have to fear that the the will perform other situations. And I'm um, yeah also think that this may be possible. And um, we should clarify that uh, yeah, PCR is a good method, but not for mass testing. And the problem was, besides its sensitivity and the specificity, um, you have the, the positive and the negative predictive value. That means how reliable is the outcome of the test. And what has completely ignored is the prevalence, the so-called prevalence or the pretest probability. Prevalence used the, the medical doctors use uh, prevalence. It's it's the percentage of people who are really ill within a, a specific uh, population. Yeah? And um, these uh, tests are quite reliable when 
the majority of the people infected, you know. And the problem is when this prevalence decreases below 10%, and this was the case most time during the last three years, then it became highly unreliable. There was a quite good uh, publication. It was uh, Watson et al. Uh, in May 2020 in, in um, British Medical Journal. And they showed that um, when this prevalence uh, drops below 10%, this uh, positive predictive value is nearly uh, 0%. That means you have uh, 98 or 99% false positives. And this was the case because you test every person, also the, the asymptomatic, the children uh, who were known uh, to be really no problem. And this is the, the, the problem of, of the PCR. As I said, it's highly sensitive and uh, it has many critical points. It's okay when you perform it in a molecular biology lab, when you uh, have highly trained personnel, but it's completely unsuitable for mass testing. When you perform it uh, outside the lab, you start with this uh, nasopharyngeal swabs. Yeah? They are taken mostly by untrained uh, personnel and they have really a high risk of, of contamination. And meanwhile, it's known that these asymptomatic uh, persons have a very, very, very low uh, CT value and that they are not in infectious. And Therefore, it's absolute nonsense to test uh, asymptomatic uh, individuals. There is, a, yeah, I know. It's, it's a general problem with all biology tests. May, may I was compared with the pregnancy test. Yeah, the pregnancy test. Okay, it's not the PCI. It's it's an ELISA test. Yeah, but uh, the principle, uh, the the idea behind is the same. Yeah, why is this pregnancy test so specific? Yeah, so reliable. Because it's done by ladies in reproductive age who want to become children and to have sexual intercourse in the last days. Yeah. Uh, that means you have a mm. very high prevalence. Yeah. And when you would do this pregnancy test from, uh, from each female individual starting from, from six years up to grandma of 80 years in the nursing home, you will get uh, a lot of false positive test results. Well, I think the big danger is that I, I don't hear anyone talking about what you're talking about, the problems with the RT-PCR test. And so I think when trouble strikes again, everyone still thinks that the test was good and viable, and they'll probably use it again in an even worse application. So I think it is important if you could, without, you know, obviously danger to yourself, spread the word about this. That's what you know, I'm trying to do with this interview. Uh, it's just the beginning, but it, I think everyone needs to know, and this needs to be questioned and investigated and forensically looked at, and I bet you there'll be almost no data. So this is just a, it's a travesty that's going to happen again, I think, if we don't do something. Yeah, the problem is that my, that's really my critique. There is a lack of uh, transparency on, on several levels, and it's it's more politics than science. And you can understand this. You need not to be a PCR expert. Uh, you can only uh, look at the, the, the time scale, what's happening day by day. Yeah. 
And as I said uh, before, this uh, threshold cycle, yeah, the, the WHO published this uh, protocol on, on the 13th of January, yeah, and without any review, normally when you publish a manuscript, yeah, you have at least two referees. It will take, uh, yeah, some weeks or even, even months. And the publication of this uh, protocol in Eurosurveillance was on 23rd of January. That means that WHO published without review before it's officially published in, in this Eurosurveillance journal. And they didn't tell you anything about this city value. Yeah. Why not? Why one year after start of this pandemic? Yeah. And not in the beginning. PCR is not a new technique if everything is, is, is known. And, uh, you may know, uh, that there were this so-called common trust and review in, uh, November 2020, 22 scientists made a traction request to this, um, to Euro surveillance to retract this uh, first protocol. I was one of the authors, um, by the way, and, uh, the editorial board of Eurosurveillance, yeah, reject our request. Uh, they said everything is okay. They said they sent it out to five referees, but they didn't allow us to see the uh, these reviews. Yeah, it, it's absolutely inacceptable. It's absolutely unscientific. Yeah, normally, as I said, the, the, the journal sent it out to at least two referees, and afterwards, the, the authors uh, have, of course, access to to the refuse. They don't know the names of the rivers, but they have access to the refuse. And uh, we were not allowed to see this. And we submitted an, an addendum two months later with uh, 20 articles that have been published in the meantime. And um, yeah, saying the same like us and uh, this editorial report, it even didn't mention this this addendum. And that is, it is absolutely unscientific. And that is, is, is the real problem you know, that it's more politics and uh, not science. Well, very good. Um, Klaus, what's the best place for people to find out more about you and your work? Where can they go? Yeah, as I said, uh, for all who are interested in, in especially this, this specific PCR test, there is um, a website called kormandrostenreviewoneword.com. You can find everything, our, our review, our addendum, uh, the retraction request, everything is published. And uh, we made an update and made a review. We already submitted it and it's currently under review, Helion Journal. And yeah, hopefully uh, it will be published within the next uh, weeks. Yeah. Okay. Well, very, very good. Klaus, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, we're out of time, and I appreciate you being here. Many thanks, Sam. Do you struggle with a lack of focus or energy? The team at Physician Designed knows the feeling, and they can help. Brain support micro PQQ and microactive CoQ10. Both use a proprietary blend of PQQ and CoQ10 to maximize the boost you need without any negative side effects. Studies show that brain support micro PQQ and microactive CoQ10 lower fatigue, anxiety, and depression, while increasing mental acuity and awareness. Feel the difference for yourself today.
You can save 30% on your next order at physiciandesigned.com. Just use the code GENIUS during checkout. Again, that's GENIUS to get 30% off at physiciandesigned.com. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.